listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panthasol. Chapter 20 To the Pure Lands Kolonash It is yesterday. We stalk the treetops, sniffing for other cats. Whiteflower catches the scent first, her eyes widening as her tongue protrudes, tasting the air like a serpent. Down there. She points, and I see just the faintest hint of striped fur. Two tigers, sleeping. We use the trees to keep our scent from the ground, to keep our sounds in the rustling canopy. I glance at Stardancer, who nods gravely and holds a pad to their lips. We stealing their food? I whisper back. Whiteflower shakes her head and bids me remain where I am crouching. This first time, you must simply watch and understand what we must do. She says. And with that, the two leopards launch themselves down and descend upon the sleeping tigers. I do not make out precisely what goes on, but I see Stardancer whirl and Whiteflower's daggers at work. Soon the tigers lie still again, and I am beckoned to the forest floor. This one lives, says Whiteflower, cleaning her blades on the red leaves. A splash of crimson blood blemishes her snowy arm. She indicates the tiger that was immobilized by Stardancer, the one who now looks up at us with fearful eyes. We must drag her. A sick feeling forms in my stomach as I obediently make towards the tiger's shoulders. She snaps at me, weakly, and Stardancer slams another pad into her neck, rendering her unconscious. I look at the blue leopard. They seem deeply uncomfortable and sick, like me. This is how it is done. Whiteflower assures me. Now we need our strength. Do not talk. After a long, harrowing journey, we reach our encampment. Cade rushes to help and uses his greater strength to move our captive over to the opening of Morg's dwelling. The Grey Leopard emerges and looks down at the Red Tiger. I have put this off for far too long. Firebrand, I wanted to give you time to understand the bond of our family. But now you have done this, now this tiger's life is hung upon your own paws. Now you are truly one of us. Her eyes are so hungry. Cade drags the pitifully mewing tiger into her tent and exits swiftly as Morg disappears within. All of a sudden, terrible sounds emerge, a roaring like unto a storm rending an antediluvian tree, accompanied by a high-pitched wail of utter, frenzied terror. And then strange groans and gasps, a fracturing, fitful strain, and then a long, slow breath out. It is 
a series of noises that come back to me tomorrow and tomorrow when I am trying to sleep. I stand with my siblings, soaking in the knowledge that I had played a part in this. The threads of dried blood that Whiteflower is licking off her body may as well be soaked into my forepaws. I totter over to the stream to drink, but the water gives me no sustenance. I crawl further to the tree line and vomit copiously. Star comes to sit with me and lays a paw upon my back. Remember what Mother told us. Their voice is tremulous and uncertain. The cats out there are not like us. They are witless savages. What does... What does Morg do to them in there? I begin, my entire body shaking. We've never seen. It is a sacred ritual which she performs alone. Among the many things that she has been in her long past, one is a priestess. Stardancer's tone is reverent, steady now. They are drawing stability from this explanation. Mother cleanses their soul and sends it up to the pure lands to dwell with the ancient spirits. She weaves the spell which purifies their essence, and in doing so is rewarded with strength and fortitude by the perfection. Really? Because it sounded like she was tearing that tiger's spine out while she was still alive. She would deserve that punishment, and worse. I have heard tales of tigers that would make your fur turn snow white. But believe it or not, she is being merciful. Without her spell, their soul would descend into the fiery pits of the Tarash, the Horned Lion, where they would endure eternal damnation and punishment. This is why when our brothers and sisters become too wounded to continue serving our mother, she grants them the same blessed mercy. She is our salvation. This creeps up on me. I spring to my hind paws and look around, suddenly desperate to escape. Stardancer pulls me back down. Do not try to run. They whisper sharply. Please, Firebrand. She will send us all after you. Stay. I glance past them to where Cade and Whiteflower watch me with worried looks. fiber of me wishes to leave. Morg eventually emerges from her tent positively glowing with life. She is more fabulously beautiful than I have yet seen her, and when she lowers her hood to shake her head about, laughing in the moonlight, I feel that level of entrancement once again. I forget that sick sensation and recall the promises I made to her. She approaches me and kisses me upon the forehead. Thank you so much for your understanding. She croons. I know it is hardest the first time, but the second will be easier, and the third easier still. Soon you will be down there on the ground, defending your beloveds, and we shall trace our path through this world of barbarism and sin. 
leaving behind streams of pure, pure, holy holy light. I nod dutifully and bide my time. It takes me too many tomorrows. She does not leave it as long until the next occasion she asks her family to bring her another soul to salvage. I was trying to wait until she was weak and maybe distracted, but that does not happen. And then the worst begins to occur. I start to lose sight of my plan. I forget myself. I forget the language of panthers. I really am a divine leopard. She has me beat regular leopards unconscious and bring her a pair to cleanse, dragging them with my strengthening muscles alongside Cade. I am useful and helpful and compliant. Our journey takes us north and east. I see the leaves turn to colors I have not witnessed before. Stardancer and I become entangled. We kiss passionately beside a waterfall, and they tell me they love me, earnestly. I love you, Firebrand. Sweetly. I love you, Firebrand. Truthfully. I love you, Firebrand. And it is this name that sticks with me. It is not mine. It was given to me by Morg, and somewhere down inside, I am beginning to hate it. I do not want Stardancer to love Firebrand. I want that love to be for who I really am, and it is not this. But I dare not speak these words. Morg listens and watches, and seems to know what I am thinking. She brings me into her tent and bids me lie upon her silken bed. (sighs) You and Stardancer have always been close. She purrs, lowering herself to lie beside me. Her scent fills my nostrils and I am overwhelmed. It is sweet and transportive, but just under that is a hint of something. Not simply death, but old death. A deep, vast underground chamber that has not seen light in eons, and where things creep and slink in darkness, who crave life but cannot have it. And now that scent pours over me as she growls into my ear. Would you take my daughter for your own? I do not know how to answer. I feel her paw rest upon my throat and ever so lightly squeeze. It is at once loving and petrifying. Make her your mate. Produce black and blue leopard cubs. Add their strength to our family. Her paws now roam my body and I am trapped desperate to escape. I cannot let her feel this. She could tear my throat out in half a second if I stiffen up and let my true feelings be known. So I press back into her willingly, giving myself over. Yes, I would love that. 
She continues, and I let it happen. It is decided Stardancer and I shall be bound together. We head upriver to a new place which gets my interest piqued. We are tracing our way along old roads, barely visible underneath the jungle floor. Morgue hurries as she draws nearer to her goal, and something monolithic and cyclopean is waiting ahead of us amid the suffocating forest. Uncharacteristically, she drops to all fours and races through the last distance as we pant and struggle to keep up. We emerge in a clearing surrounded by tall, gnarled, twisted, reddish-brown trees. In the center stands a great pyramid, stone steps leading up to a gated entrance. Morg is now climbing those steps, and I dart forward eagerly. She turns, her eyes flared and glowing, roaring at me with a ferocity I have not yet seen in her up to now. It freezes me in place once more. Do not dare approach! Her voice echoes around as frightened birds burst from their branches and climb into the sky. I step back. She catches herself and modulates her voice to kindness and softness once again. This is a place only your mother is powerful enough to find her way through. You must wait here for me to emerge. We nod dutifully and she directs us to guard the four corners of the glade and let nothing approach. I smell... Lions. Do not let us be found. I must hurry now. And with that she turns once more and approaches the gate at the top of the stairs, pausing before a ghoulish carved stone leopard at the peak. Its fangs are curved like scimitars, and its expression is ferocious and familiar. This forgotten ruin seems older than any of the architecture I have encountered yet. Morg casts her arms wide and whispers into the holes in the statue's chest. There is a grinding and a doorway opens up. On the one paw, I am repelled and full of fear. On the other, I dearly wish to run up after her and explore this place myself. But my feelings on Morg are dark now. What she did to me in her tent was not mating, not as I understand it. What that felt like was her taking something from me and enjoying the feeling she got from that theft. I look across at Stardancer and wonder briefly whether this has been done to them. Will it be? Can I take them away from all of this? We wait. I smell strange new cats approaching from my side of the jungle. I look across sharply to Whiteflower and Cade and indicate that I am going to scout ahead and check my nearby area. I start to slowly creep out through the undergrowth. The scents are getting clearer. I can hear their paws. I have never met lions before. Stardancer is at my back. What are you doing? They whisper. I take
take a chance. For their sake, I tell the truth. I'm leaving. I whisper so quietly even I do not hear the words. But I look directly into their face, my own expression somber. I will not argue or fight. I will simply run as fast as I can, as far as I can. Come with me, I implore. Stardancer looks positively terrified. They shake their head. Please, I beg. This life is wrong. That leopard is wrong. You are not her cub. She will kill you eventually. I'm too afraid. They mouth. My whole world begins and ends where she walks. I am writhing inside at how unfair this is. But I must let them go. I want you to think of me. At this moment, I want you to follow me out there tomorrow. I have to scream. I have to stop you. Don't. I will not be stopped. Stop running, maybe even morgue herself. I take a solid step backwards. The blue tiger falters, falls into a crouch, and screams soundlessly. Go. They gasp. Go. I break away and rush through the jungle as quietly as I can, sacrificing speed for stealth. This is until I know I am alone. Then I sprint. I feel the wind in my fur, bounding along on all fours like she did. No, do not let her take that from you. This is yours. I scrape the blotches of paint dried to my arms and face as I run. I was never a leopard. I am a panther, and even just for a brief moment, I am free. They do not catch me, neither do the lions. So ends the second of my lives. I run and run. I bathe away the last traces of paint. Today's pass into tomorrow's. I am spun. I find the great serpent river. It will lead me back home. have been listening to episode 20 of Panther Soul, To the Pure Lands. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Morgue, performed by Maya Suris. Stardancer, performed by Theo Lee. Whiteflower, performed by Debbie Morse. Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw. Make your decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Ghost Story, performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Witch by the Sea, composed and performed by Darren Curtis. Exoplanet, by Blue Zone. Yokai Forest and the Feywild, ambience from Tabletop Audio. And this is your reminder that our most recent book, The Lights from Distant Bonfires, a collection of 18 gothic tales, all written by members of the School of Movies and New Century Multiverse community, is available in paperback form on Amazon 
for the low, low price of $6.69 right now. And it would make a fine Christmas gift, especially for your friends and relations who are a little more macabre, as would a fine paperback copy of The Christmas Thieves to read on these dark nights. And that's currently available for $3.60. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon, and our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolf, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, John Clawson, Joe Gluck, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Skeels Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skeels Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart.